the Radio Stingray podcast is brought to you by our gold sponsor, McNally Jones Staff Lawyers, proudly supporting the MUA Sydney branch since 1977. Need assistance with employment, industrial or workers' compensation, or any other legal problem? Phone 9233 4744 or visit mcnally.com.au and get a real fighting lawyer on your side. tuned in to Radio Stingray. Well, welcome to our tens of millions of listeners all around the known universe. We're coming to you once again from Radio Hub Silky Studios on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. Welcome to all of our listeners. We're starting up Radio Stingray for another 12 months and we look forward to communicating with you on all of the issues that matter. Today, we're missing our old sparring partner, Joe Deacon, who's off crook. And in his place, we have Matt Goodwin, who's been in a relief position for the last couple of months. Matt, welcome to Radio Stingray and tell the listeners how your job's been going for the last couple of months. Thanks, Macca. It's been going well. Um, it's been a busy couple of months. It definitely never stops. Um, I know quite a few members from my previous role working in the National Office of MUA as the National Safety Officer in training, run many training courses over the years with members and I'm very pleased to be here on the program. Thanks, mate. We look forward to having you. And um, for those that don't know Matt and haven't come across him at one of our union schools, Matt's got a massive set of skills on him that will um, and has already been of enormous assistance to the Sydney branch, particularly around safety and training, but also uh, advocacy, which has been incredibly important, as well as organising. So, Matt, welcome to the team. Cheers. All right, comrades, also for your listening pleasure, we have our regulars, Paul Keating, Paul Garrett, and we also have along with us Shane Reside, our new branch organiser. Comrades, how's your last few months been? Been good. Fighting the bosses, uh... We are winning in places, we're struggling, but what we're really building is this campaign uh, and a consciousness amongst workers uh, for the right to strike, and it's something that really the membership have taken ownership of and taken it back to their communities. Me non-stop, Macca, there's plenty going on. Welcome back to uh, Radio Stingray, it's always good to be back on the podcast. Kudo said there's always another blue and another drama going on. I think in every workplace at the moment we're taking on a fight somewhere. But one thing is every uh, podcast that we do, we always report back how good some of the delegates are doing, taking up the fight, taking up the challenges and standing up redeeming another condition. So plenty going on and plenty to report in this podcast today. And Shane, how have you enjoyed your last couple of months at the MUA Sydney branch? Yeah, well, look, mate, I'm still here, so I consider that a win as far as that's concerned. Um, today's podcast is a new series that we're calling the Industrial Rounds, which is going to be a monthly update of all the industrial struggles that the MUA Sydney branch is currently involved in. The Industrial Rounds are designed so that members of the MUA can get regular updates on what's happening in the maritime industry. Before we get started, if you've been listening to Radio Stingray and enjoying it, I recommend that you go into Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts if you're on Android iTunes or Spotify and subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Now, this month, uh, we're going to be talking about a range of industrial issues that are happening in the industry at the moment. Uh, the right to strike, as Keto introduced, uh, the DP World and Hutchison EBAs, maritime safety and the Sydney Harbour Ferries Agreement, just to mention a few. Mac, do you want to kick it off, mate? 
Yeah, no worries, comrades. I think the first issue I want to discuss is DP Weld. What about this pack of mongrels? DP Weld have the largest throughput in this port that they've ever had um, in their entire history. More than 50% throughput, which is certainly um, the benchmark in our industry. And to achieve that in a port with three operators is quite phenomenal. And how do they reward the workers who have built that throughput and productivity? They reward them by wage freezes, allowance freezes, cancellations, removal of picnic day, um, you know, weakening the selection criteria, removing days in lieu and replacing it with payment in lieu, four-hour shifts for all tasks, advancing and um, delaying starts, B-SUPs, outsourcing, and amongst, uh, amongst a host of other issues that they've put on the table. Now, in contrast to that, the MUA's claims are around building our job security ensuring that we fight for industry outcomes. We want dignity and justice at work. We want an EA that can be read by workers, not lawyers. And I'm going to tell DP Weld this, and the negotiations start today, that we are going to fight as hard as we possibly can to ensure that we satisfy the needs of your employees, your workers and our members. It's absolutely essential and critical that each and every DP World member recognises and understands that we are going to fight a collective campaign that is not only going to oppose and fight against all of these reactionary changes that DP World is seeking to secure, but also to build our industry and to ensure that we have industry rates and conditions that are reflective of what wharfies need across our port and across this country. We're sick to death of industry employment, meaning and enterprise employment, meaning that workers and wharfies in particular are going out and competing against each other for the lowest common denominator just to get another foreign flag vessel alongside in our wharf. So we're going to fight hard there. Also with Hutchison, again, Hutchison workers, Hutchison wharfies have faced some of the largest attacks that our branch has sustained in recent years. And this enterprise agreement is about ensuring that we are able to not only win those conditions that we're seeking across this industry, but to also ensure that the enterprise agreement and any other documentation that sits alongside it is able to basically withstand the attacks that we undoubtedly will continue experience by Hutchison and their rotten lawyers. Uh, we've had some wonderful discussions with the Hutchison workforce. We've built a wonderful log of claims that not only uh, introduces uh, new claims to the table and quite... Uh, creative claims to basically secure our rights and interests, not only in relation to our job security and conditions, but also around safety. Um, but we're also going to ensure, as I said previously, that these round of Wharfies negotiations seek to build industry outcomes. And it's particularly important. And in both those terminals, the workers have resolved unanimously um, that we are going to fight as hard as we possibly can to secure the outcomes that we all deserve. Comrades, you'll be very interested to know that we had a, an amazing branch committee meeting. The senior delegates from right across the port coming together quarterly. We had our last meeting at the end of July and we resolved to institute a number of quite significant campaigns and really good ones at that. And basically it re revolved around organising and Shane Reside is going to be responsible for coordinating that organising work across multiple areas in the branch that we've identified uh, as uh, opportunities to organise new workers into our wonderful union um, and in some in non-traditional areas as well. And there's been a hell of a lot of mapping done in uh, in the last couple of months to ensure that we get started 
um, at 100 miles an hour and ensure that everyone who works in the maritime industry is a member of this union that has uh, been so successful in delivering outcomes to everyone that joins it. So we've got a particular focus on organising, but we've also got a number of other interesting initiatives along the lines of the Maritime Workers World Games. This is some time away, February 2020. We're seeking to uh, have a massive international conference in, here in the Sydney branch. We're hoping that it be uh, a state conference of the new union, the Construction, Forestry, Maritime, Mining and Energy Union. It's not just going to be about the political and the industrial, but also about the, the social, building our cultural institutions back again. Wharfies used to look back on the significant work that was done inside the branch around the film units, around art and culture, around sporting activities, and we're going to try and get this going again. And we've got a number of proposals in the way of a boxing tournament, very similar to the War on the Wharves. We're going to have a surf carnival in line with the working waves. Uh, we're going to have an indoor soccer tournament, pub games and lawn bowls. And um, I think that this is going to be a Dockers extravaganza that's going to be hopefully supported by Dockers all around the world, maritime workers coming together, not just to talk about our political and industrial direction, but talk about what unites us. And whenever you meet a Wharfie, a Docker, a Stevedore, a Longshoreman, a Tugwork, a Linesman, Seafarer, anywhere in the world, we all come from the same tradition and we all have the same interests largely and we're here to celebrate that. So very much looking forward uh, to getting that off the ground and for everyone to participate. It's certainly going to be a wonderful event. We've also uh, got a number of issues in relation to the legals. We've been talking to our comrades out there in podcast land for many, many months now about the numerous court cases that are being uh, waged upon not only your union and the branch, uh, but also the membership as a whole as well. And uh, I've never experienced the extreme uh, nature of this industrial relations system than I have in the last couple of years. Now, we thought we got rid of uh, recalcitrant bastard employers um, with the legislation that was kicked out with the Rotten Howard government and work choices. We've got the Fair Work Act now, unfortunately, drafted and legislated by the Australian Labor Party, which is being used to criminalise uh, our workplaces and to criminalise democracy. And I think more and more members are recognising the extent to which we are being attacked on a daily basis, not only in our workplaces, but in our communities as well, as a consequence of the legislation that is being produced out of the Australian Parliament. So we have a Fair Work Act in name only and a Fair Work Commission in name only being used as a weapon against workers. And we are sick to death of having to go and spend tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars on our, on our lawyers, on our barristers and on our legal defence to simply defend the right of workers to work, the right of workers to be safe and the right of workers to democratically manifest themselves in their workplaces at times they so choose. And the industrial relations legislation in this country is a joke and it needs to be thrown out along with this filthy government uh, currently led by ScoMo um, and hopefully he's only in prime ministership for a number of months. We've spoken about the Patricks and Cube case against us, mainly due to the container parks and also the rail. And we're in the federal court as we currently speak. And that court case is going to go for a fortnight. 
And uh, we already know that the evidence that they're putting on is seeking to criminalise the actions and decisions of the Patrick's workforce and seeking to basically ensure that the MUA Sydney branch and its officials, as well as the National Union, go down, um, go down in a screaming pile of nothingness. Well, I can tell you what, we will always fight you, no matter how tough your laws are. We will always ensure that workers have a right to speak they have a right to defend their wages and conditions as they've negotiated. And if their workplace is unsafe, they will stop. We will stop. As workers with dignity, we will ensure at all times that we protect and advance our conditions, protect and advance our safety. And no matter how big a boss thinks they are or how many lawyers they've got in their stable, we will come out kicking and screaming harder than we ever have before. So to all those rotten bosses out there that are listening to us, I hope you're enjoying this because see this as a threat because I don't want to be mistakenly understood in any other way um, outside of this. This is a threat. The working class of this country recognise and understand the nature of your attacks against us. They recognise that you're in cahoots with your shareholders, um, with your warlord bosses, um, with your corporate uh, criminals and with your mates in parliament. We are going to fight every single one of you. We always have and we always will. And to do that, we're going to be out in the streets, out on picket lines, wherever our branch is required to uh, uphold the dignity that working class people have. Protect, Australia's leading severance and income protection fund for maritime workers. For a site visit or further information on how to get Protect in your enterprise agreement, contact Craig Johnson on 0400-671-274. Keto, what are the agreements that you've been working on? Yeah, uh, Shane, look, there's, there's a lot going on in the branch as Mac has just given the report on his side. We've got a number of EAs. For myself, the Kalmar drafting is underway. Um, we've been negotiating for over, for around 10 months now. And with that, we have seen job security clauses, which we had to take it right to uh, uh, the, the four in the workplace. The members were prepared to fight for these job security clauses, labour review clause, recruitment clause, roster clause, things that we take for granted. Uh, and this is all in an environment. We're talking about Calmar, the main maintenance contractor of Patrick's uh, in Port Botany. Patrick's, we may as well call them Cube because Cube own them, Cube being the most anti-union uh, company in this country, supported by very powerful political interests, and um, we, we need to understand the, uh, the uh, landscape that these workers find themselves in. These workers went on strike, and under the bullshit laws of the Fair Work Act, and there's nothing fair in this act, we've seen that Kalmar... Uh, in collusion with the main contractor, Patrick's, uh, brought in scabs. And yet we can't retaliate because the law says if there's any type of solidarity taken by workers across the port or within the workplace from other companies, that it's deemed unlawful and that those workers are criminals. But we've got the ongoing issues under the current agreement, we've got an EBA, the members have endorsed the uh, logger claims. Um, coupled with that, there's been an organising by 
the membership within the port and the branch to form a regional safety committee. It's very important that we talk about that and we understand what that means. Dockers and their unions across our region, from Karachi to Korea, we are seeing workers organising, formulating a, uh, a stronger collective position against a global power like Hutchison. Hutchison's the biggest stevedore company on the planet. Uh, the four other companies don't even fill the shadow of this mob. And we should understand that uh, if ever there was a campaign that we should start organising, given the crisis when it comes to dockers and the deaths that we see year on year. And I might uh, bring into uh, the uh, report here, comrades, we lost one of our own on the 3rd of September. A wharfie in Auckland where a straddle had tipped over. Uh, I had a look at the figures in regards to the deaths on the waterfront in 2017 and it, it showed in New Zealand three wharfies were killed last year. And we see that crisis across the world. And these companies get away with it. There are no laws that protect workers. These are crimes against the working class. And these bosses should be put in jail. Um, this regional safety committee has come out of that struggle. It was formulated uh, by the Sydney branch along with our comrades in Jakarta. Uh, and that come off the back of tragedy as well uh, in the port of Jakarta. We as a branch are committed and our membership are committed to fight until we, we establish this regional safety committee, which will be comprised of rank and file uh, workers in all the region uh, that we establish this committee in. So the cruise line campaign, MUA National Cruise Line Campaign, is a campaign after years and years of trying to establish enterprise agreements for the uh, wharfies' work, baggage handling, porters' work across the country, uh, the unions made a determination that we're going to go straight to the shipping lines and outline what our position is. We demand collective agreements and demand that they are industry standards. It won't just be in Australia, it'll be in New Zealand. And there's a number of components to this. It is multi-layered. Uh, this is an industry that has grown exponentially year on year in the last decade. And there are a lot of jobs here for workers, good jobs. And we're going to fight to get collective agreements. What we're looking at, as I explained, was to have those agreements on the waterfront. But it's further than that. We have these vessels right across the coast, stay here all year round, uh, and what we're seeking is that, as one of our claims, that seafarers are utilised on these vessels, Australian seafarers. We want our members up the gangway, and uh, we're taking that on. That is a big campaign. So I'm saying to the, to the employees out there, the shipping companies, we want to sit down with you. There have been a number of uh, meetings to date, Chris Kane, our national president of the uh, MUA, is heading that, and we have all the officials, myself being responsible, here in Sydney. Sydney, I might add, 
is the only port that's got the two collective agreements that are certainly the, the, the benchmark. And we will continue to improve on those as those agreements uh, come up um, for renewal and negotiations. Patrick Port Botney, uh, the report on this will be pretty brief. Labor review of casual agreed labor pool. Company wants more. We're saying no way. These casual workers are under a deed between the union and the company. Uh, now it's time that they become permanent. And the very last report I will talk about is the ongoing waterfront safety crisis and campaign. We've got in the three workplaces, the delegates, HSRs and committees with the rank and file all fighting hard. What we've seen with these companies, and we're putting them all on notice in the port now, they're operating their machinery until it fails. They won't say it. They get up in arms while well, we're putting you all on notice. In the last year, there's been over a dozen improvement notices issued by SafeWork. That's growing. We've had a stop bullying notice issued by SafeWork on a HSR. Uh, and this all comes off the back of more than 10 wire ropes snapping on cranes in two workplaces, straddled collisions in two workplaces, and I might add what we would call with those uh, situations, they are, a, they are a catastrophic systems failure. What we know about this, when these things happen, workers die. And we're taking on these companies and we are, we'll, we will not stop until we prosecute if we find out these companies have failed under their obligations under law, we will prosecute them to the full extent. So we've got uh, enterprise agreements at DP World, Hutchison and Kalmar, jobs uh, in the cruise ship industry. Patrick's trying to increase casualisation and a waterfront safety crisis. This segment is brought to you by RT Health, your industry mutual not-for-profit health fund that has been looking after members like you since 1889. Call us on 1300 564646 to find out how you can join the crew and benefit from the exclusive MUA health plan. Uh, Paul Garrett, what have you got to add to the list, mate? Well, look, I might pick up on where uh, kudos at, Shane, in regards to some of the safety issues. At the end of August, I had the opportunity to appear before the Senate Committee into Industrial Deaths um, and speak on the death of Tim McPherson at Barangaroo alongside the ACTU and just raise the absolute dilapidated safe state that safety's at, not only in this state but around the coast. We've seen and been reported on Radio Stingray the death of Tim McPherson, which happened on the 1st of March uh, in 2017. 18 months down the track, still haven't had a coronial inquest. 18 months down the track, we still haven't commenced uh, prosecutions from Safe Work New South Wales. So the union's continuing to put the pressure on to get the justice, not only for the McPherson family, but to change the industry and make sure that, uh, that all workplaces are safe for all workers. There's plenty going on EBA-wise. Sydney Ferries EBA has nearly concluded negotiations. The delegates have done a phenomenal job down there. We've been pushing not only a good wage increase, which has uh, seen 3% per annum over the next four years, but we're also pushing a campaign to ensure that the charter boats that get contracted in to operate for Sydney Ferries, their wages are brought up to the uh, level of the other deck ends down there, and it looks like we're getting close to getting a successful outcome down there. But it's been a solid outcome to make sure that we're not cashing in on the race to the bottom that some of these charter boat operators have got. Manly Fast Ferries, another company which the branch executive has been involved with, 12 months ago may have had a density of about 20 to 
The best organisational tool that we've had down at Manly Fast Ferries is the boss, whose name's Richard Ford, one of the biggest assholes God's put breath into and seen us get our density to above 95%. And the workers have had enough and all they want is a fair day's pay for a fair day's work. And for Manly Fast Ferries and for the NRMA too, and we'll call them out, that seems to be a little bit too much for that company. So good organisation down there. We're still fighting through an EBA. There's been a bad decision of the Fair Work Commission and that's going to be subject to an appeal. DP World Logistics, a site uh, which the, all the branch executives have been involved in, in getting an enterprise agreement. It's taken 12 months to uh, kickstart them into negotiations, but through uh, an ongoing and dedicated campaign, that's the company adjacent to DP World that does the logistics and moves the containers and the empties. Now, apparently it's not stevedoring, except they seem to do all stevedoring work, according to uh, DP World Logistics Management. They've made major changes between the companies. Um, they wear orange uh, uniforms as opposed to a yellow uniform and they call themselves DP World Logistics Australia, not DP World, and apparently that's a major difference in the work. But those workers have come together, they've organised, it's been a full effort of the branch executive and uh, certainly we're going down the path now of seeing not only an enterprise agreement but we're seeing permanency for all workers and the development of a master roster to give to predictability. So there's a number of things going on there, and I might probably just wrap up on uh, two things that are going on. In Tugboat Land, Engaged Towage have just come into Port Jackson. That's a new company that's starting up. Um, they're the company that have been involved in partnerships in Western Australia. Now, the work's ongoing again for the branch, and there's been involvement of other branches um, as well as national office, but it appears that we may be able to change the model of employment. So it's not employment by partnerships, but it's direct employment by workers. And I suppose I'll finish on some good news, which doesn't happen too often. I have the uh, honour of being one of the directors of Maritime Super, um, $5.7 billion superannuation fund. It's going up. The numbers are looking good. And I can report to you is that uh, at the end of August, the gross return in 13%, Australian shares at 16%, international shares are at 17.1%. So why would you join a retail fund? That's a way. I love it. At Unity Bank. We are 100% committed to maritime workers. We pride ourselves on delivering better all-round value to our members and their families. Unity Bank, proud supporter of the Maritime Union of Australia and sponsor of this podcast. Safety is emerging as a huge issue in our industry. Matt, you've got a strong history in this area. Can you tell us a bit about what the branch is doing, including perhaps a bit on the upcoming safety conference? Thanks, Shane. Yeah, we'll continue on the safety theme. Uh, we've heard all about a number of the different safety issues that are going on in the branch and the sad news out of Auckland where Lapoon Dyer, Munn's member, was uh, tragically killed. Um, it's issues like this that remind us of why we have such a militant position on safety, why such an uncompromising position. And the union has fought for a long time to try and improve safety, particularly on the waterfront. Uh, and Sydney branch members have been at the forefront of that struggle. Um, and that was brought home uh, recently with the tragedy that happened where Kim Grunsell um, was uh, involved in a catastrophic incident at Hutchison. Uh, and the miracle is that if you, if, you, um, if you believe in miracles or the miracle of, uh, of Kim surviving that incident, not only surviving but is doing quite well and with the support of all her comrades around her, she looks set to make a recovery. She, uh, members would be aware, Kim was badly hurt when the straddle she was uh, driving collided with a another straddle and she was thrown uh, almost 10 metres to the ground. Horrific injuries. But the untold story 
of what was going on in that workplace at the time was that members had raised time and again issues with training, issues with traffic management, problems in the systems of work that were placing their safety at risk every day. In the wake of that incident, uh, those workers took a courageous stand, developing their position of the issues that needed to be addressed to make that workplace safe, and they stuck together for 16 days, 15 nights, shift after shift. Not one box was moved uh, while they held their ground and demanded that they sit down with management and work through those issues, something that would actually be pretty normal in most workplaces in the wake of an incident like that. Uh, but as a result of that, they did manage to establish a proper traffic management system, a whole range of changes to the engineering of those shuttles, and also a, a range of uh, changes in the work environment that have, have made a dramatic improvement to their safety. Look, on the back of some of these incidents, the branch have resolved to organise a terminals safety conference, which will be held on the 8th and 9th of November. That event is open to all health and safety committees, uh, safety reps, delegates, um, and any members who are interested in playing a role in improving safety on the waterfront. Uh, because these things that happen, they are not accidents. They are incidents that have causes. There are systemic reasons why these things occur. And um, we don't want to see another tragedy on the waterfront and another family ripped apart. So that event, the, the purpose of that event is to make sure that what happened to Lapoon Dyer, what happened to Kim Grunsell and to the other members of our union who've had to suffer as a result of these things that happen, that that never happens again. The other news uh, to report, the uh, Port Authority of New South Wales, there's a bargaining process that those who've been following it will be aware this has been going on for almost 12 months those members have been fighting to achieve a collective agreement. Um, the EBA was all but settled um, with just a handful of issues outstanding when the Port Authority decided to try and ram that through and with some voting irregularities that involved getting office staff to vote on an agreement that they're traditionally not covered by, they managed to get that agreement voted up by the skinniest of margins. So the members have resolved to oppose that agreement in the Fair Work Commission. Uh, there's been a number of hearings um, we took that opportunity in the Commission to try and negotiate a memorandum of agreement that would settle some of those outstanding issues and most importantly give the workers a voice in the Fleet Review Committee, a body that will, that will help to look at impacts on jobs and future vessel choices in the providing of um, the Port Authority services. You would have heard Paul Garrett earlier talk about this company Engage coming into the market, the, uh, the future of how the Port Authority will deliver its services is up in the air. We need to make sure that our members have a strong voice in that process, and that is the outstanding issue right now at the Port Authority. And the last issue I want to talk about is uh, the TK Tanker Agreement. Um, this agreement covers the vessel Dampier Spirit. Uh, Warren Smith has been leading the union's efforts in that area. They've recently concluded an agreement which provides a modest 2% increase plus a range of increases to their allowances. But most importantly, they successfully fought off a number of aggressive cuts to their conditions from contractor Jade Stone, including wage freezes, no caterer positions, abolishing FSO allowances, and increasing the four-week swings to six-week swings. So we're pleased to report that the members have prevailed on all fronts in that agreement. Now, why I report on this is it's quite important. Uh, this agreement will likely serve as the template for future agreements on these two naval refuelling tankers that are coming to the Australian coast. Um, these vessels, um, it's likely that it will be TK, they're the front runner to crew those vessels at this point in time. We are looking at up to 
15 IR positions and 8 to 10 cook and caterer positions per swing per vessel. So that's 100 jobs we're talking about for Australian seafarers. And if TK is successful in getting that contract, then the Dampier Spirit um, EBA is what we, we're going to be looking at as the starting point for, for those members going up the gangway. There you have it, straight from the officials of the Sydney branch of the MUA. We've got some good news in there with up to 100 seafaring jobs uh, with the new vessels coming to the coast. Uh, we'll keep you up to date with the progress of those jobs as it comes online. We've also had some tragic news with the death of our comrade in New Zealand. Um, one death anywhere in the world in the maritime industry is one death too many, and it just highlights why, as a group of members, we need to take safety very, very serious. And so that upcoming conference the branch is organising on the 8th and 9th of November is the opportunity for us to come together and talk about how we're going to take responsibility collectively for making sure that our industry is the safest in the world to work in. Another date coming up, the 25th of September, uh, World Maritime Day, very important day. There's going to be an event in Darling Harbour. We encourage everyone to get along. Head over to our Facebook page for some more details on that. That's it for the first episode of Industrial Rounds at Radio Stingray, and we'll see you next time. You're tuned in to Radio Stingray.